The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we're talking with HR and business thought leaders about living and working in a world where the wired, the tired, and technology converge. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Compagna. We're actually in the same spot today. Indeed. Uh, and our sponsors are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. We have two very special guests today, Zach Demopoulos from... I love this raising rents podcast, but it's not what you think it is. So we'll wait to uh, talk with Zach about raising rents. Um, and Gisela uh, Dolan uh, from Home Instead Senior Care, who is responsible for starting an amazing program at her company called Daughters in the Workplace. Uh, Keith, uh, uh, before I get there, we're. What we're going to be talking about today is the caregiving crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we read about, we hear about, um, but um, we're going to be talking about why employers really should care about it, especially with the increasing shortages that we've got. Um, I can tell you one thing, it impacts the ability for employers to attract and retain workers, and it's removing many talented and hardworking people from the workforce at an alarming rate. Um, last week, uh, I mentioned that I was in Sarasota. <laughs> I was mo- moving my mother, which at the end, it was fine. It's exa- uh, We're exhausted oh, yeah. um, because we, we had that uh, 20-some-hour drive back with her car, and, and we're getting that settled. Um, but it, you know, I'm fortunate enough to um, you know, have a business, um, that I can, you know, I'm the boss. Yep. Um, I, I have a business that I can work remote. I can make the decisions. I can take off when I want to take off. It, it's it's tough. You, you travel and, and sure. you know that it's yep. tough. It's tough running a business, even though it's remote. It's still yep. different yep. <laughs> when you're running in hotel rooms. You got to make sure you got the wireless. Uh, and then we were really busy last week. It's like no matter what we do, is we go away, and it always seems that things crop up, and and so it was just it was just busy. It's like every second when I thought I had a break, I was responding to a client or mm-hmm. uh, you know dealing with some family stuff. But it's exhausting. But I'm fortunate, um, and it really brought to light how how troubling this is oh yeah yeah and you know and the other thing my mother's uh she's 95 she's still doing well she's still independent she we just moved her from one apartment to a community but uh which will be around people and doesn't have to worry about cooking your meals and things um so that'll be that's a good thing but um it's um as, as they brought this up to people they started to tell me their stories mm-hmm. and there's even out there, and I can't wait to talk with Zach and, and Gisela today um, about what some of the challenges are. Uh, you know, it's not only parents, but it's taking care of the grandparents. Absolutely. And this is something I talk about a lot. I'm thrilled to be to have these guests today because it impacts the future of work, because it impacts the future of life. 
and my life work integration message that I put out in front of people really does address the need for companies to uh, help their employees help their families. And I'm the, the son of a retired nurse who was the president of a nurses union. And I'm all too familiar with the epidemic as it relates to healthcare. And uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of this and see if we can help Zach and Gisela. Yeah, well, hopefully they're going to help us yeah. and share the message because, um, you know, and, and one thing happens to the other. It's, um, you know, Giselle is going to speak about this. The, um, you know, she started this program at the company. She's got an amazing story. So I don't want to I don't want to take that that away. From, I want her to be able to tell that. Uh, but she start she helped this company, this uh, her company start this program, Daughters in the Workplace. But, you know, if it was Jerry, my wife went down with us last week um, and, you know, certainly, you know, she's she's the daughter. I mean, she, she is the daughter in this case because I've got another brother. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, the, both of us are down there and he owns his own business. So he was able to get down there. But, you know, there's there's a sense of we're both in our 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, we I have um, my, Jerry has her father still living 93 and still living alone. So she we she, five minutes before the show started, she was down here talking about her, uh, how many next week she has to go up two times. Yep. And we live uh, about two hours away, an hour oh. and a half, two hours away. Oh. Um, she has to go up and take him to the doctor's. <laughs> Um, so she wants to be there when he's there. Uh, fortunately, I've got an aunt in Florida who's with my mother today with that. But what happens when you don't have this? And when, what happens when you don't have this flexibility? Stress. Yeah. So much stress. Oh, yeah. Place. Yeah, it's a little stress. And then, and then you're taking off work and you lose income. And, and then that adds stress oh, yeah. because money, money issues are there. So, I, And by but, the way, that doesn't have anything to do with the patient care. Oh, right. yeah. Well, that we're talking about today. We just brought on a new client from Canada. Um, they're in the home care business yep. and they're struggling finding people. Yep. Yep. So it, it, it just, yeah, it's it's everybody is, is just going crazy here. And mm-hmm. uh, and so we can't wait uh, to, to hear hear about Once what these again. guys are offering. Once and they again. both have really amazing, amazing stories um, that, are, that are cooking here. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing that I was thinking about. Uh, oh, I know. Um we're talking about geek. I mean, the show is geek skeezers and Googleization. When you know, I started this. We were yeah. talking about technology and change, and and you know what the future of work was like. I, I personally didn't think we were going to be talking about caregiving, mm-hmm. um, but that's an important issue because you know, in in five or maybe five years, they'll have the you know robots, and there'll be enough artificial intelligence, and with remote Fitbit, you know, Fitbits and technology, you know, we'll be able to monitor our 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 um, you ones. know parent yeah our loved ones. Um, at a distance, mm-hmm. but it's not there yet. We're sort of between the past and the present. Sure. Uh, and there's going to be a, a lot of things worked out yet. So this is, I mean, for the next five to 10 years, this is this is real. You know, and I talk about how, how science fiction meets reality yeah. uh, constantly, and we're sort of in this twilight zone oh, yeah. uh, when it comes to this. I, I, I see it all the time just because of the, it's just life, Ira. There's so many people that are experiencing that the parent and the child roles now. You know, I'm I'm in my mid 40s, and now I'm taking my parents to the doctor visits, and my sisters live uh, about an hour further away. And so it seems to me, to your point, it's touching on everyone, everywhere. Well, well, you'll love this then because raising rents. Mm 
which is uh, we're going to start with with Zach. Um, Raising Rents is his podcast. That's, nice. that's sort of his company. He he does some other things, and I'll, I'm going to let him tell us about that. But Raising Rents is about raising it's Raising Rents, literally R E N T S podcast. But mm-hmm. that's what his daughter calls parents. She's talking about raising rents, right. raising parents, right, right, right. Uh, and, and so that's flipped. So, hey, Zach, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, so why, you know, tell us a little bit about Raising Rents podcast, about what you do, and tell us about how you got into this, you know, what, how, how, because this isn't where you came from. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, uh, hi, Aaron, Keith, and Gisela. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um. Okay. Uh, you guys, your intros, you guys, I mean, Giselle and I could probably just walk away. You guys covered it. You, you guys just described. No, we're, we're just scratching uh, the surface, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, just, you guys just covered an important landscape that everybody uh, is thinking about. I mean, I think Rosin Carter is the one who put it best in the 1980s. There are four types of people in the world. Three of them are either providing care yesterday, today, or tomorrow, and the fourth one is receiving that care. Receiving you guys care. just covered the gamut. I mean, that, yes, that's sir. just, that's, that's life. Uh, so Raising Rents as in Parents is a podcast that I came up with two years ago. I have about 28 episodes out there. And the reason I came up with it is because I've been in the home care business for the last 10 years, taking care of over 600 families, and I've hired 700 professional caregivers, paid caregivers. And every week, uh, two or three times a week, I'm, I'm always still getting phone calls of a panicking family member who's just been told that their, their parent is being discharged from the hospital tomorrow and you need to be ready for them when they come home. Meanwhile, you know, the adult kid either works full-time, part-time, is a long-distance, you know, adult kid. Uh, there's just so many dynamics uh, involved. Uh, even yourself, as, uh, as you mentioned, hey, you know, you're self-employed, you can take time off. It's still exhausting. It still will take oh, a toll me about on it. your health. <laughs> yeah, it you know it doesn't matter whether you're self-employed or whether you're an employee. Uh, you are now having to to worry about a parent. So the the reason why I put this show together is because I've had just I've been blessed with so many experiences of you know unfortunately with some bad ones, and I I just wanted to put a show out there to help adult kids. You know, one of those four that Rosalind Carter described, any of those four, just to pick up some ideas and some tips and to be prepared either, you know, tomorrow or to think about, you know, today when you have somebody you're caring for um, or if you're going to be receiving that care. Just we talk about everything from financing, uh, legal issues to uh, home care options um, to home care to home living options. Um, I got into this uh, uh just briefly tell you, I worked for a large pharmaceutical company. I was in HR. My father has a stroke, 78 years old, never been ill his entire life. I get a phone call. I'm panicking. I called my own EAP uh, group, you know, the Employee Assistance Program, and I'm, I'm panicking. I'm asking them, what do I do? And they sent me a list of home care agencies, and they said, call, call one of them. That was it. That was my instructions. Huh. I didn't even know what a home care agency was at the time. And I called the very first one. Long story short, uh, it didn't work out. It was a nightmare. My mother uh, absolutely would not accept the home care in their, in their home after trying it for a couple of days. And you know, a few, 
few months later, my father continued to have, uh, you know, falling and accidents, and his, his health uh, got worse, and he didn't recover, and it's unfortunate, because if I would have received the support that I needed from my, um, not blaming my employer, but if I had education, if I had the support, I would have been in a better position, maybe to help my father and mom out from, uh, from a distance. So that always stuck in the back of my mind, and when it came time for me to think about doing something else, I got into the home care business. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and, and so, uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I know you and I uh, met yesterday on a brief conversation and talked a little bit about that. But at this point, I, I want to bring on, uh, and I know I keep butchering Gisela. her name. Uh, it's Gisela. That, Gisela, you got it. I got oh, it. I got perfect. it. Okay. Nice. I, I probably gave five <laughs> different chances. So, Gisela, no um, I, I'm just going to give you this. I, I think your story started. I'm going to let you finish your story here. But this is what she sent uh, as a quick introduction. Um, actually, this is from, um, I think, your, I don't know if it was from your employer or whatever, where it was from. But it says, the day uh, Gisela received the job offer from Home Instead, which is where you're working now, was the yeah. day that she learned doctors had given her father six to 18 months to live. Uh, while she desperately wanted to accept the job offer, she knew she would immediately need to violate her new employer's time off policy, which was similar, uh, not similar, but, you know, sort of the sto story that Zach was just sharing, to care for her father who lived eight hours away. Um, so I'm going to let you pick it up from there. Tell okay. What the evolution was. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Ira, Keith, uh, Zach. Thanks for your good work. Zach and Home Care, we're so grateful. I'm delighted to be here with you today and just share my story and share about Home Instead and the work we're doing to support family caregivers everywhere. Um, and just really briefly, I, I, I agree with Zach. The way you set this up resonated so much um, with, with our passion at Home Instead and for me personally because um, – Aging is a universal human experience, and caregiving for someone we love or seeing them go through the aging experience, 99.9% .9 of us as humans are going to do that. And when you said, Keith, this is the future of life, I thought that was so beautiful. That's it. This is a path that's going to impact all of us, every stakeholder. And I think your Rosalind Carter quote is perfect, Zach. That's exactly why this resonates with people and hit, hit strikes a nerve, because if we haven't experienced this already, um, caring for a dying father like I did, we will at some point have that experience. And so what can we do to help support all, all of us as humans? Because we're all going to go through this very personal, vulnerable, emotionally charged situation that impacts all of our lives in different ways, including our work. Um, but yeah, my story. So I, I'm a lawyer by trade. Uh, I, I joke, my CEO and I, we're both lawyers. We said we're recovering lawyers. <laughs> we are, it's in remission, thankfully. Um, but I started out, you know, I was at a law firm and doing that gig and knew that I wanted to do something more and give back. And, and so I had the opportunity um, to interview for a role at Home Instead to be the first general counsel. And as I was going down that path, my father was um, hospitalized. They weren't sure what was wrong with him, and they didn't know what the prognosis would be. It, was, it ended up being um, pulmonary fibrosis, which is terminal, pretty much a death sentence right away. Um, but we didn't know that, so we thought you know, he was touch and go, but he got stable while I was interviewing. But as any employee, you start to look through um, the culture of the organization and the role you'd be taking on and then the benefits. And um, this was 12 years ago. I've been at Home Instead 12, almost 12 years now, and our policies since changed which I'm sure we'll get in today, some recommendations. We're now on our PTO. You can take whatever time you need at home instead. But at the time, we had, I think it was like you got three days of vacation, time off when you first started, and then it would accrue, which I think a lot of employers still have that model. 
so I, I realized, you know, my, my father's ill. Um, I am the daughter. I have two brothers. They're wonderful, um, but they were in the military and were stationed different places, and so I was really the point helping my mom, which is what we see every day. I'm sure, Zach, you see it, you know, uh, the daughter, adult daughter, caring for the family members. And so I was helping Absolutely. my mom navigate things while I'm interviewing, and um, they were eight hours away, and I was driving back and forth, and I realized that um, I probably would be in um, run afoul of that policy. And I wasn't sure how I would handle that. And then, as you shared, Ira, the day we got the job offer, which was this dream job to work for this amazing company, Home Instead, um, we found out my dad was terminal, and he had six to 18 months to live. And in that moment, I just was raised to just be honest. And, and so I spoke to Jeff, our CEO, the recovering lawyer, uh, um, my boss, who's just a wonderful person. And I just shared with him my heart on that call when he gave me the offer. And I said, I'm so excited. I would love to accept this offer, but I have to address one issue. Um, my father, as you know, is ill. We now found out he's terminal, and I need to be able to spend time with my family and support them, and I still want to be a valued contributor. I will work my tail off for you, um, but I, I just am going to probably need a little flexibility because it's an eight-hour drive, and so if I drive there Friday and then there Saturday I come home, I might need a day or two here, and I will likely be in violation of your paid time off policy right away. And so if that is really important to you at home instead, I probably can't accept this job. And I had made that decision that that was going to be my choice. And I think a lot of caregivers face that or think that that is their decision, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I was grateful that I asked and raised the issue because Jeff said without hesitation, don't worry about it. We've got your back. We want you to work for us. We'll make it work. And I, my, the loyalty that created for me with Home Instead, I mean, mm -hmm. I, was, I was ready to take a bullet for that company and still am today without even having worked a minute because of how – he honored what I was going through as a, as a human with this really personal experience. And that, yes, there are policies, but we need to be flexible, which is one of our recommendations at Home Instead with employers. And I think there are actually a lot of employers out there that have the heart like Home Instead and would be open to this. But I think sometimes family caregivers, we don't know, and we don't know what to ask for, and we're hesitant. Um, so I was really grateful that I, was, I felt that push, and I was honest, and that he and I had that conversation. And they were true to their word. And I started at Home Instead in July, and my dad passed away in November. Six months later, like the, the doctors, they're amazing how they can predict those things. Um, but I was grateful because I could drive back and forth multiple times to my hometown where my parents still lived, and I could support them, and my dad could stay with me from time to time, and I could work from home a day or two here. And I was working my tail off, proving out at my new employer, giving value. But then that, that it was so reciprocal in terms of that loyalty back, and I will never forget that. Um, and how Home Instead honored my dad and my family. And we want every employer to do that around the world. We believe that at Home Instead. Um, our mission is we want to change the face of aging and expand the world's capacity to care because this is going to impact humans at rates that we're not prepared for. So I would like every employer to do that. That's what we, were, what we stand for at Home Instead, as well as every family caregiver to feel that they have those choices and that support as they go through this really personal experience, you know, caring for a dying parent. So that's my story and, and part of what, you know, Home Instead and our fiber and, and just the, what we're trying to do is set, set the stage. And we get to sit at a lot of tables around the world, and we're really grateful for that. And we think a lot of people just aren't aware, especially when it comes to employers, of this, of this need because it's kind of this silent underground thing um, that you don't always see, right? When somebody's pregnant, going on maternity leave, you know they're having a baby, you've got mm -hmm. your policies in place to help young parents starting out, right, and all that. 
we don't always know who our family caregivers in our workforce. We don't always know. I mean, that's not something people talk about often or, or start celebrating because of the emotion around it. So how can we help employers? Um, and that's what we're, what we're doing at Home Instead. And we're just so grateful that you guys, Ira, Keith, you're doing this work, and I love your podcast, Zach. I'm going to check it out, that you're putting the word out there because it's going to take all of us to raise awareness and to support family caregivers and to help employers make the right choices. Well, I'll tell you on behalf of Ira, who's sitting right next to me today, I this is an absolute pleasure speaking with the two of you and helping spread the message. Um, before I move on to my, my first thought slash question to the two of you, uh, I just want to extend my condolences to the experiences that you you in, you had to have in order to create such a positive momentum uh, it's true, you know, the surefire way to die is to live. So you, you might as well understand that that's going to come. And, and, and my question to the two of you, and maybe Gisela, you could answer this one first, is sure. from an organizational level, is your mission to get in front of employers or are you looking to, ex- are you extending that healthcare process to employees or, you know, where, where is your biggest target audience? Oh, wow. We have a lot of target audiences, Keith. I think when it comes to, like we said, changing the face of aging, we actually have mapped out the institutions of humanity. We look at every institution that impacts humans, the education world, healthcare, government, nonprofit sector, academia, I mentioned education, pop culture. We think all of these institutions have a role to play in raising awareness about age wave and aging and the impact it has at different stakeholders, including caregivers. So we have very, very um, specific policies and strategies for those different audiences. Holman said it's been around 25 years. When we first started, we thought we were serving the senior, the client. We called them the senior, and that was our audience. That's who we were focused on. And early on, we realized, no, we're actually supporting the family caregiver, and often it's the adult daughter taking care of her parents. So early on, our target and focus in terms of empowerment and education has really been around that family caregiver. We actually have a name for her. We call her Kathy. She's in her 40s to 60s usually. Um, As you mentioned earlier, often has a child, children, maybe working, balancing a lot of competing responsibilities, and now taking care of aging parents or an aging partner. So when it came to our audience initially, it was the client and, and the family caregivers. Homestead's now, we have 1,200 locations around the globe. We're in 12 different countries. We're in all 50 states, across all provinces. So as I said earlier, we have a footprint where we feel we have a responsibility as a leader to influence and open the minds of healthcare and workforce, employers, and government to think about aging and how it will impact them as leaders and stakeholders and what changes they need to be making to help humans. So, it. yeah, we're in the healthcare space, definitely, um, with the World Economic Forum and places looking at value-based care and so forth. We're definitely doing that. Um, but in terms of in the family caregiver piece, we want to empower family caregivers to feel supported and to know what to ask for. And we want to empower organizations, employers, to think about we've done a lot in the space to help moms and dads. Let's help daughters and sons, too, because the needs can be somewhat similar. And a lot of the benefits and things that we offer parents will work to also help our daughters and sons. So I know that's kind of a long answer, but yeah. there's a lot that we're out there doing and influencing <laughs> yeah. um, because we're so passionate about that. And again, we feel like we have this leadership position and this moment in time where we want to act and influence to help the world be better. And no, it's like the present. 
No time yeah. like the present, yeah. right? And we're, we're going to dig a little bit more into that. We we got a break coming up in in just a few minutes here, but I want to get back to Zach. Zach, okay. when we for, when we talked uh, a little bit yesterday, and then and even in your intro, um, you sent me a, a really a, a lot of compelling stats. I mean, you're kind of selling me on on the idea why why care why we have a caregiving crisis. Um, you know why why are why are we as a society and why are employers, ex, uh, you know, experiencing this, um, as, as I think you called it, a caregiving crisis? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, and Keith, thank you for your uh, nice comments and uh, condolences for your father, by the way. And phenomenal story for the thank work you. that you're doing. Uh, thank just, you. It just touched, just touched me. Just absolutely incredible. But a caregiver crisis is happening. I'm not going to try to hear and sound like I'm sounding alarms. But it is a fact, and I'll tell you why. There's two forces that are occurring. One, you're not stopping, and that's eight people are aging. Uh, uh, 10,000 people, U.S., um, people are turning 65 every day. And by 2050, you're going to have about 84 million people over the age of 65. And of those people, it's forecasted that 70% aren't going to be able to take care of themselves, live independently. Uh, I think uh, Keith already alluded to this. On the other side, you have another force that's occurring. You have a caregiver crisis. You, and that's just on the paid professional side. There will not be enough. We're struggling. I'm sure Home Instead is having these issues. I'm having these issues with comfort care. You know, we're trying to find good people. We don't just stick anybody in a house. Now, unpaid family caregivers, there's 40 million out there today. 60% of them work. Imagine how many you're going to need to try to take care of 40, 84 million. So you ask where the, where's the target? The target has got to be everywhere, in particular with employers, because if employers don't get this, don't smell the coffee, wake up and say, hey, wait, we, we've got to help our employees. Um, they can't afford not to do that. Uh, productivity costs, just, 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 just to give you a couple of stats, if I have enough uh, time here before the break, um, you're looking at an average of 17 to $33 billion lost in productivity every year because of caregiving. Um, and, and that's because of absenteeism, $5 billion, uh, part People having to go from full-time to part-time, yeah, $4.8 billion. But here's a very important stat, stat when you said healthcare. Um, companies that have employee caregivers, which is everybody, they have an additional 8% in healthcare costs because of their caregiving responsibilities, because of the toll it takes on themselves. And that, that equates to about $13.4 billion a year. So organizations can't afford not to focus on this segment of the population, and, and it's the right thing to do. I mean, we've got to all help each other out. Um, Giselle says it correctly. I mean, we, we really have to do the right thing, and we could do it in with so many different ways, and I'm sure we're going to probably touch on that. Yeah, break. absolutely. Absolutely. And we are right up against the break. We're, um, you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We're here with our guest, uh, Gisela Dolan from Home Instead. And we're with uh, Zach, who we were just hearing, uh, Demopolis from uh, Raising Rents, Raising Parents podcast, uh, who also has a home care business as well. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Job Vite and Success Performance Solutions. Stay right where you are. We will be right back in two minutes, and we're going to continue our discussion about the caregiving crisis. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. 
It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let success performance solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. You are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Uh, we're talking about the caregiver crisis today. We've got uh, Jason Ladolan from Home Instead, and we've got Zach Demopoulos from Raising Rents, Raising Parents podcast. Uh, Zach, I'm, I'm going to go back to you first. Um, you shared yesterday, uh, I think this came from you, um, it was a survey that was recently done. And it said that the majority of employers are aware of this crisis, um, but there's only about um, half of them that have it in the top 10 priorities. Um, so, you know, we're talking about today kind of raising awareness of the caregiver crisis. But uh, from that survey, it seems that there's an awareness, but it's just not a priority yet. Um, what are you you know, what are some of the things that you would recommend uh, an employer do to, um, uh, you know, well, one is, I guess, to raise, how do we get it out of the, out of the you know, from out of the top 10, out of, from the top 20 into maybe the top five? Because it sounds like from our first part of our uh, podcast today that that's where it needs to be. So what are some of your recommendations? Because you, you came from a background with HR, and obviously they were doing some things, but they weren't doing what they needed to do. And, and now you're you're kind of in the forefront of this. Right. Uh, so there, there's quite a bit that employers can do. And in fact, you'll hear in the news on occasion, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll use uh, what uh, just, Giselle just said about the you know, PTO, unlimited PTO is a huge benefit in terms of paid time off um, to, to be offering these things. And, and so announcing that you're doing these things is great. But what an organization really needs to do to raise the awareness is that they've got to become more self-aware first. So they've <laughs> got to work inside to be able to impact the outside. And there's a number of ways to do that. Conversations have to start happening. Um, surveys, 
uh, talk to your executives. I will put my mortgage on this. Who did this just go on the radio? Uh, that uh, <laughs> almost every executive board out there, there's somebody around that table that is either had to take care of somebody, is carrying somebody, or will be tomorrow. Because I believe what Raza Carter said is correct. And so once you start having these conversations, people are going to start getting it. But then you've got to start talking to the caregivers. I mean, there's so many things you could do, like employer resource groups used to be a very important tool that we used when I was working at Pfizer. And I know Gisela's also, and I have uh, a lot in common. We both lost our fathers, unfortunately, uh, and drove our passion. But we both have done diversity work. And diversity work is really based on having those conversations. Um, here's something I want to share with your listeners. 25% of that $40 million I mentioned earlier of caregivers in this country are millennials. And three-quarters of them are working. So millennial caregivers. Now, do baby boomers, and I know you guys talked about this on a few of your shows, do baby boomers get and understand some of the issues that millennials are going through? If You probably don't, and, and vice versa. So conversations need to occur, and that's where benefits can start uh, coming up. Uh, about flexible time off, paid time off, and what kind of uh, resources would be available. And with today's technology, I mean, there should be no excuse for somebody to be able to walk down the halls of their building and have screens on the wall that are talking about caregiving. And by the way, did you know this? And did you know you can get information from us about this? EAP, uh, employee assistance programs, are fantastic, but one of the most underutilized resources in corporate America, probably I think four percent. I'm, I'm probably need to be corrected on that. That is a plum shame. And I already gave you an example how I called them, and it just went bad. So there are a lot of tools that could be made available. But I, I, I would like to caution employers before you start sinking money into everything. First, become self-aware, understand your current situation, start having conversations, put a committee together of employee caregivers. Uh, from all levels of the organization and start talking about what we could see, what you need. And you'll be, it'll be amazing that in a couple of years, you'll be able to shift a culture from not being really aware or I'm aware, but we don't know what to do about it to becoming a caregiver friendly environment. And that's really important. So these conversations can occur and you can find out what your employees need. Um, the exits that are occurring in organizations are, 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 are it's, it's, it's a big wound. Uh, people are leaving organizations because they don't think they can talk to their managers about taking time off or that stigma of taking time off, or they didn't even know they could take time off and, and have job protection. Uh, so instead they'll leave the organization and, and, and they'll suffer. And uh, if 25% of the caregivers are millennials, imagine many of them probably even saved a lot of money. So how are they going to pay to get on a plane and go down to Florida and, and check on mom? Cause she just had a serious situation occur. Yeah. So, and I want to I want to go back to uh, Chisella in just a minute um, because you do have a program. You you uh, were instrumental in helping starting this program, and uh, you sent me an amazing statistic. And I and for, if you've been watching it, I've I've been getting this out on social media uh, as well. That half of working female caregivers feel they have to choose between being a good employee and being a good daughter. I would add that to be a son because, it, you know, sure. three unplanned trips in, in eight weeks to Florida. 
um, you know, certainly is disruptive. Uh, but that's that's amazing. But you've, you've started a program, Daughters in the Workplace. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and very much our, our program daughter is daughtersintheworkplace.com. There, you can find resources there. We encourage everybody to check it out. And it's really meant to be something that supports both employees, the family caregivers, as working family caregivers, as well as employers. Um, we really want to, as I said earlier, empower both groups because both groups need that awareness and then recommendations and resources. And that's really what it's about. And I agree, Ira, it's, it's daughters and sons. Um, we know that two-thirds of caregivers typically are women, so that's why we framed it up as daughters in the workplace, and there's a lot of attention right now about women's roles in workforce and things, so we thought this is good timing to frame it up like that to build upon the conversation we're having about maternity leave and, and those benefits um, that we need to not forget the family caregiver, the daughter piece of it, but it's very much daughters and sons. Um, we have a number of recommendations for employers on our site as, as well as for employees. I, I love where you went, Zach. It was so well said. Um, employers, we'd encourage any employer to survey your employees. If you don't do that regularly, you should be, and, and specifically around this issue, because as I said earlier, you'll be amazed at the stories, that your, the experiences your employees are having, and you have no clue, because it's not visible, and they're doing it alone. And um, I think your question about, you know, if employers have awareness, why aren't they stepping into this, leaning into this, right? And, and I think Zach said it well before the break. The stats show um, this is going to impact productivity, and this is only going to grow. And, um, you know, we, for the first time, as I'm sure you guys know, have five generations in the workplace, and we have technology coming in. I mean, the way we work in America and around the world is changing. And it's not just the family caregiving, but that's a big piece of it. So we as employers have to lean into that to, to retain the best talent and just the reality of all these different pressure points are going to change the way within we, which we work. Uh, but I loved, again, Zach, where you went in terms of understanding what your employees really need. And we, in our daughter's program, don't recognize it's not a one-size-fits-all. Each employer, each organization has to determine what's best for them in terms of what they can provide and, and support. Um, and, and similarly, family caregivers, we all have different needs, right? So it's very personal. But bottom line, our research shows that working caregivers, they want some flexibility. They want to feel that they have an employer who understands them and will support them and respect that, that they're not going to be penalized because they're trying to honor these other roles in their lives. Right. And so Zach gave some great examples of ways where you could create, I'm sure a lot of us have lunch and learns and things in our organizations where we bring in speakers and educators on different topics. And often parenting is one of the topics, you know, managing your money. What if we did one on family caregiving and you bring that, uh, that safe space? You know, that doesn't Absolutely. cost a lot of money and you're demonstrating you're an employer that cares and is there to support. And that's, that's half the battle is, is helping family caregivers know that they have a place, an advocate within their workforce that's going to help them navigate this. And, you know, it's funny. This is kind of like a, uh, a preview of things to come on my end here. But talking about the definition of work, this is the third conversation I've had today about how yeah. nobody can really accurate, accurately describe the term work anymore because the people aren't sure where it is, when it happens, and what exactly gets yeah. done. And 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 my, I'm a sales I'm a sales guy. I've, I've been a sales guy. My mother would say I've been in sales since I was hatched. And my, <laughs> my, my question to you is, you know, uh, what kind of feedback or, or maybe even uh, feel free, either one of you could choose feedback and maybe even pushback. What is it that you're hearing from these corporation, these HR leaders, maybe these C-levels that you can share with the audience so that they can be prepared if somebody says, oh, yeah, let's put that on next month's agenda. And then instead of saying, OK, say, no, wait, let's here's why we need to talk about it today. What, what are you hearing out there? 
Yeah, I was interested in the stat Zach had about awareness because from our experience, and again, we're working with a lot of global organizations, there is still a lack of awareness of the aging, age wave that's coming and what that really means. Um, so I was glad to hear we are raising awareness with employers. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's half the battle is people just aren't aware. Um, I think business is moving super fast. Change is happening super fast. People are trying to integrate technology quickly and the digitalization of everything. So a lot of C-suites and, and, and CEOs are focusing on that, um, not thinking maybe so much about the human piece of it. And so we think that may be part of the pushback, just that we're, we have all these other priorities. So if we can continue to focus on you, you need your people, you still need the humans, <laughs> you know, until, like Iris said, we get to that sci-fi world, right? Um, we need to take care of our people and that they can work in parallel. You can actually as, use technology and this, this change that's happening to empower caregivers to work from home, to telecommute, to call in virtually. I mean, there's, you know, create automation around certain roles. So you don't have as much frontline needs. Um, so that allows people to do more back-end work from home, right, so they can take care of some of those responsibilities. Uh, we don't typically hear pushback in terms of people not being open to this. I think it's raising awareness. And then shifting to where Ira, or excuse me, um, Zach and I went in terms of, well, where do we start? And so a lot of our Daughters in the Workplace program and things we're doing at home instead is to give specific examples of here are some things you can do to start, um, including asking your employees what they need, right? Um, and I think you hit it, the Honor PTO. People, when you first raise that, you might get a pushback of like, wow, people probably just go rogue with that. And you have so many people gone all the time on these sabbaticals and things. That's a little pushback we get. At Home Instead, we integrated Honor PTO, gosh, about seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, we have no set PTO. You take the time you need. We base it on radical trust with our employees and our um, managers. We trust them both. We Netflix mm-hmm. did this, and we got the idea from them. And so we get some pushback, like, wow, I bet people take advantage of that. And we're like, actually, they don't. They feel empowered, and they feel trusted by their employer, so they actually are thoughtful about it. And then they get to take the time they need to go to their kid's soccer game or to take their mom to her appointment for um, you know, her checkup after her hip surgery. Um, you know, or they get to stay home because they're not feeling well because they're a family caregiver and they got a cold, right? right. I mean, it's, right. Uh, so that's something you know, in terms yeah. of what we've seen. Go ahead, Zach. If I, if, I could add, if I could add, too, if you don't mind, I, I would like uh, to, to uh, just add on to that is that uh, there actually is research out there um, uh, on the pushback. Uh, so if I could speak to it and then what is out there to help with that. So employers are, are, here's what they're saying. And I, in my HR years, I worked with some fascinating executives in HR and, and they were great. Once you sit down and have conversation, they're like, okay, I got it. Let's maybe mm-hmm. move this priority to a, uh, up a little bit. Um, but what you, but you don't know what you don't know yet. Right. So you got to start having some conversations. So employers are saying, well, you know, there aren't really any employer benchmarks, which they love to look at. That's a nice hardcore metric. And they're saying that there really aren't any best practices. So, so if we are start tackling it, you know, we're not, we don't even know what to do about it. Uh, and then there's always the lack of financial resources. But I shared earlier on, if you take into account that you are losing billions of dollars, that bring that into the equation, I think you, you, you do have the financial wherewithal to, to be able to do it. And then the lack of data to identify caregivers. This is actually probably the most important piece because caregivers aren't self you know, aren't raising their hands and saying, hey, I'm a caregiver. I mean, uh, she yeah. said it great. She says, look, you can see a woman who's pregnant, right? But you don't, you're not going to see someone who has uh, their mother down in Florida and, and they just went there last yeah. week. They're exhausted. Um, now, the two, the, the studies that I mentioned before, I, I just want to give them credit. It's called REACT, and that's uh, respect of the time, oh, yeah. uh, the a caregiver's time. 
Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a cool it's a coordination between NERP and the Northeast Business Group of Health. They have two things out there for all your listeners and any employer out there that wants to uh, that has some pushback and wants to learn more. So they have done benchmark studies. They went and looked at 129 companies, and and they have survey results, and that's available. And I know I think you guys have probably posted for your listeners. And they also have just published uh, best practices and case studies. Uh, because like like the daughters uh, in the workplace, mm-hmm. that's a living case study right there. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, though, though you're going to have to mend a little bit. I agree because millennials, it's fifty percent males and fifty percent uh, females. Uh, so yep. we don't want to offend them. But I totally totally <laughs> appreciate respect that program and it's fantastic. Um, Thank you. I'm actually part of a uh, a private Facebook group called Working Daughters. I'm a male, part <laughs> of that, and and I yeah. give and take information to support each other and I'm, I'm, i've been welcomed many times it is, it's fantastic how we can learn from each other um, and so those two st- those two products from this group is just the beginning but there are absolutely there is research out there and i and i, I really encourage uh hr people uh, business leaders look for this information it's public read it download it and then have some conversations about it i would, and I would talk to anybody about it Zach, I would I would agree. I think the family uh, working caregivers get the data too, because as they're meeting with their company to say, what benefits do you have? You know, how can I be a good, valuable employee and help you do what you want to do to accomplish our goals of our organization, as well as me be able to fulfill this role? Um, how can we work oh, together? What options? Right. And and here are some yeah. data. Like this is why you should give a you know what is because. $34 billion in last productivity, that 8% stat you showed, the healthcare, like, we yeah. impact the bottom line. And so there may be mm-hmm. some investment. Okay. I mean, yeah. a lunch and learn and pizza is not that much money to make your caregivers feel <laughs> empowered and heard, right? There's some you things you can do. But, but using that data yeah. and working yeah. with other caregivers that you know in your workforce to bring that to the forefront with your employer, and I think people will start to get the message. And, again, I'll we're just so grateful quick... for this platform yeah. and that you all are doing what you're doing because it's so important to share hey, this message. Hey, I, I want to give – hey, we, we've got like – Hey, Zach, we've got like five minutes left here uh, or less actually at this point. What I want to do is I want to make sure that each of you are able to give your contact information, how people can reach out. And if you give a closing comment and just please watch your time a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, I'll let you start off since you have the floor interrupted. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, uh, uh, my contact information is probably the best way. Go to, go to the website, www.raisingrentsalloneword.com, and it's got my Gmail on there, contact info, my, how you can listen to the podcast. Uh, a lot of great information in there. I also have uh, uh, my, my home care business is called Comfort Care, and uh, that, that, that's uh, also something that could be looked at. But my email is easy because it's my first name, Zach.Demopolis at gmail.com. Or raising rounds at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll have all that up on the. We'll have all that yep. up on the, on the show yep. and the podcast and and uh, and our website yep. as well. So my 30, that. thirty second closing comment is, is just want to just finish what we were just talking about. Information is powerful. Uh, you you Emma, you and I talked about this yesterday. You can be a great employer and send out a benefit and publicize it. It looks like good PR, but that can certainly backfire you if you haven't educated your caregivers working caregivers as to why he did it. For example, and no names, but a large organization, about 180,000 employees announced that they're going to offer online caregiving services for their employees. And that could be taken totally wrong if not done correctly. You know, the caregiver could say, you're telling me you want me to come to work and you want me to hire a stranger offline so they can come stay with my parent or my kid. You know, so there's a lot of education true. and communication true. around it that's yeah. important. 
Giselle? Awesome. Yes. Uh, so a couple websites. We've mentioned daughtersintheworkplace.com, and it's for sons too. So check that out. Uh, caregiverstress.com. Caregiverstress.com. It's powered by Home Instead. Tons of free resources for every caregiver, any need you have. Of course, homeinstead.com. My email is the best way to reach me. It's jdolan, D as in dog, O-L-A-N as in Nancy, at homeinsteadinc.com. Uh, final thought, well, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you guys for fighting the good fight, getting the word out there. And I would just say all of us will be impacted by caregiving in some way in our lives if we haven't already. So let's all work together as humans to support each other and empower each other and to solve for this age wave, which is going to be the biggest social issue of our time that we have to solve for in the next 5 to 25, 30 years. Um, let's work together and, because it's going to impact all of us. Uh, it's universal. So, so thank you both. Yes, indeed. Yeah, thank you to the both of you. Uh, hey, Keith, this is uh, this is getting old hat, but every week we keep saying it's like you know when we started this, it's like how are we going to fill up fifty minutes? I'm starting to believe and, people and, and, that we're doing a good job. Yeah, now we're looking at the clock and go, oh crap, I got like a hundred more questions. I know, I know. So uh, we we hope both of you will uh, will entertain the idea of, of coming back, uh, you know, at some point, getting a recap on this, and uh, again, so thanks for for sharing. Thanks Absolutely. for doing all you guys do. Uh, it's, certainly, it, it's an yes. increasingly uh, important topic, and uh, yep. you know the challenge is uh, growing at an alarming rate. I'm going to want to reach out to each of you on a one-on-one -on -one basis as a follow-up, so please look for my uh, my connections there. Yeah, would love, love to. I mean, Zach and I can do a tu a touring show. We're happy to do that. <laughs> hey, I, you're on. I would, I would be on. Yeah, but thank you, too, Zach, right? for your good work, and thank you, Ira and Keith. We really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah, Our we'll, pleasure. we'll definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm doing. Uh, well, Keith knows this. I'm, I'm speaking at the Sherm National Meeting, and my topic is keeping the H and HR, mm -hmm. and it was really going to be a lot about recruitment. And uh, you, you just, uh, I, I got to figure out where I can, <laughs> I can fit this in uh, because it's an important part, especially when it comes. To recruitment and retention, oh which goodness. which is part of that issue. It's, it's, it's the most important. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Well, again, I, I want to thank uh, Gisela Dolan and Zach Demopoulos uh, for joining us today. We're talking about the caregiving crisis. What a wealth of information, uh, Keith. Any closing words? No. Um, thank you. This is it, people. The the future of work has everything to do with life and work. Thanks for paying attention to the show. We'll see you again next week. Yeah, it's not all about automation no. and technology no, as we thought, humans. is it? It's about yeah. humans. Yeah. So you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show where we bring you topics and thought leaders discussing a future of work where the tired, the wired, and technology converge. Until next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com, and on your favorite podcast, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, it will be live. We will be live uh, hopefully by the end of the week. Um, on Friday is usually the day. Uh, this is your host, Ira Wolf, my co host, Keith Capagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans.